I'm Asiel the Oracle, and this is Readings for the Collective. Hi, I'm Asiel the Oracle, and this is Readings for the Collective, episode 46. Thank you for tuning in. On this episode, we will be answering questions from some of the listeners. If you would like your questions answered in future episodes, feel free to email oracle at gmail.com with any questions or topic ideas that you might have. I also want to thank those of you that have been so loving and supporting during this time of transition. As you know, I had a Akashic Records reading done, and the information I received propelled me even more so in the direction of the highest good of all. And as your brother and emissary of light, I am of service to you in the world. I come to earth for you, for us. The reading didn't give me any information I didn't know, but it absolutely clarified some details and allowed me to put a stamp on it, as they say, and to be realized, to know that, yes, some of us on Earth are not from Earth. You call us aliens or extraterrestrial, but we are your family. I have always known this about myself, but today, in this timeline, we just weren't ready for it, so I had to keep a lot to myself, which was a major stimulator for my suffering and depression, you might say. Just being so confused. Like, why do I have this info? Why do I remember this? Why do I feel so far away from home? Why do I know my mom is not my mom? And I know that sounds sad, especially coming from a mother's perspective. But one of the questions on this episode will allow us to touch on that idea in more detail. So let us bring awareness to the breath and to the heart space. I send you all love. I do see you all in the brightest light. And I pray that Mother, Father, God blesses you and all of your loved ones in all directions, in all timelines, in all realms of existence. Breathe. The first question comes from Molet underscore dad to And they ask, How should we incorporate boundaries with toxic, manipulative brothers and sisters when there's only one presence active here? So Mole underscore dad too answered their own question. If we come from the perspective that there is only one presence active here, the almighty I am, any boundary should be 
implemented with the knowing, the understanding that you are observing a reflection of the self. So if there are toxic or manipulative brothers or sisters, this is a indicator of the vibration you are currently aligned with. Does this mean you are being toxic or manipulative? No, it could be. But it could also mean that you are being asked to create boundaries against toxic or manipulative brothers and sisters. We have a misunderstanding in records to the idea of reflection on earth. And since everyone is you pushed out, we want to explain it from a more scientific way. Your scientist and quantum physicists understand that there is only one particle here replicating itself over and over. Everything you see in your experience is individualized, but it is a reflection, a direct replica of the one particle. For example, the chair or couch you are sitting in, you think it is different from the other chair across your room. From where we are, there is no difference. There is only one chair on earth. There is only one book. There is only one apple. All of the altars or multiple things and beings that you observe are all reflections, fragments of the one particle that's replicating itself. The particle starts, you might say, at a um, non-physical point and then it focuses itself into physicality, what you observe on Earth. But the same one presence keeps going around the feedback loop, replicating itself based off of our desires, clear intentions, or feelings, because we are co-creating with this presence. So in regards to how should we incorporate boundaries with toxic manipulative brothers and sisters, when there is only one presence active here, it is to know that the one presence is showing you an aspect of self, are giving you an opportunity to implement the boundary. You're not a doormat. So a lot of the time you think reflection means it is what you are, but sometimes reflection is also what you are working on, which is what you will become. So if you're dealing with toxic or manipulative beings, does this mean that you yourself are toxic? Not necessarily, but it could be. This is the self-observation to assess your priority and then to be sure that your thoughts, feelings, and emotions are lining up with this, to walk your talk. So how do we incorporate boundaries? From the perspective that they are showing you an aspect of self, so we want to not protect yourself but manage your alignment better. We want to be better managers of our alignment so too we can be able to distinguish what the reflection is presenting to us. Is the toxic brother or sister showing us we are toxic? Or is it showing us that we are not maintaining a boundary which does not allow low vibrations to determine our feelings, meaning are we being too conditional? So there's always a purpose for everything. Everything serves a purpose. 
and in regards to dealing with manipulative or toxic people, it would be up to you to distinguish where the work is needed. Meaning, are you like attracts like? Are you matching the toxic energy? What within you can recognize the toxic in another? Or is it that it doesn't feel so good to allow people to be manipulative because it crosses a boundary? So either way you look at it, the answer is to be a better manager of your alignment. To make it more important how you feel rather than how others are treating you or how they are feeling or acting. Nothing is more important than how you feel because how you feel will determine the experiences you are able to interact with or perceive. So for this answer, it is rise above. To feel so good you can't tell they can't. The next question comes from Mari B. 1967. And they ask, Are there different soul families? How is that decided? In order to have a better understanding in regards to soul family, let us change the wording just for the sake of this question and use consciousness. Your soul family or your consciousness group is you in another form, meaning depending on the vibration of the consciousness that is about to become a soul and to incarnate into a physical body, you represent data or information that is way too much to fit in one vessel sometimes. Most of the time. Almost all of the time. All the beings on earth that you see today are representatives of a consciousness that comes from a different space throughout your cosmos. You see it as outer space, but we see it as inner space, as the outer is a reflection of the inner. So are there different soul families? Yes, because you don't all come from the same consciousness group, meaning one consciousness might be working on unity, one consciousness might be working on polarity. We just use these as very general examples. As you can see, not all beings are working on the same thing. Now, you all do, we all do have a common goal or intention for Mother Earth Gaia, the Sophia, which is to ascend into her natural state of being. And you can't conceptualize this yet, but all beings here today are fulfilling this goal. Everyone is here in honor of Mother Gaia. It is difficult for you to see it this way because you can't understand how a brother or sister that is choosing darkness or evil, as you call it, would be honoring the highest good of all. From where we are, the consciousness had to play out. And Earth is the safe place for that, where we come to integrate lessons, themes, and ideas that are maybe usually too high of a frequency or too dense of a vibration to do this anywhere else. So are there different soul families? Yes, because each of you are working on different things. Your chart, your soul purpose is unique to you. But again, we all do share common themes or interests, which is the 
ascension or the realization of Mother Earth Gaia, the Sophia. The next part of the question says, how is that decided? Well, when you are a non-physical consciousness first, you have a assessment or a review in accordance to what you would like to participate in on Earth. What role are you going to accept that is assigned to you that is in alignment with your passions, goals, and desires? This is why it's a co-creation. Mother, Father, God sent you here for their own will, and you had your own interests that are in honor and support the highest good of all. So how is that decided? Your soul group is decided based off the consciousness. The beings that you incarnate with on earth have a very similar energetic signature as you. It is similar to a spiritual sign. It is the, what is this called when you have family reunions? We can see the image, but we can't find the word for it. But it is like the shield of armor, coat of armor. It lets all of us know who you are, who you are connected with and affiliated to. So you are each part of a multi-consciousness. You did not come in alone. You incarnated on earth in a group. You're all spread out all over the world, but you hold a grid-like system with each other as you are points of focus throughout Mother Gaia. So yes, there are different soul families because you're all working on different things. And depending on what you're working on, you align with the specific consciousness. That consciousness incarnated onto Earth, but it was too big of a consciousness to be in one body. So it is in multiple bodies, yes. And that is decided between you and Mother Father God. Most of the time, almost all the time, you came from somewhere else before you came to Earth. It is very rare that Earth is your first experience. Too dense. In a future timeline, Earth will be a home to first experience or first timers, as you call it. But today, it is very rare. So yes, you, depending on where you came from, you decided you wanted to come to Earth. And the consciousness that you are connected with understands what lessons, themes, or purposes that you would integrate in this lifetime. And you are grouped with consciousness or beings like you and then you all come from the same consciousness since you're working on similar things but remember no one's exactly the same similar we mean a family this is why you call it soul family it's the group that resonates with you and sometimes not sometimes your soul family is people you absolutely can't stand because you wanted to integrate the information and the best way to integrate it was to experience it so a lot of the time on earth the people or beings that brothers and sisters despise or hate the most, that's them. They're hating their self. The next three questions come from Roma Rose 075. The first question they ask, is in regards to ending toxic family ties. Now, in regards to your individual situations, I'm not qualified to tell you when to walk away or when to extend a peace offering. Only you know what 
the appropriate time is to take the appropriate action because it's within your heart space. We can answer this question from the perspective of listening to your own heart. So in regards to ending toxic family ties, you definitely know when it is time to do this because you feel it. And a lot of the time, we prolong a temporary feeling and you make it so sad. But what if it's just right now? What if you need to detach just a little bit in order for what you love needing room to grow, meaning back up and let nature run its course? Does this mean ending a family tie forever? Well, you couldn't if you tried because that's your family. This is what we just spoke about in regards to soul family. A lot of your physical family are here to help you integrate the lessons and themes you agree to integrate. So sometimes you don't like all of your family. I used to say this saying a long time ago that I have a deeper understanding about, and that is love has nothing to do with like. You came in with the group that you love because you would play roles for each other in order to give each other the safe space to dive within your darkness, to go into density and then come back to realization. So the antagonist and the people you see as toxic are really guardian angels giving you the opportunity to choose love regardless of the situation. However, you are not a doormat. We say this often. You are never created to make yourself to feel good about something that feels awful. So if a family member is being toxic or just negative and you'd rather not be around them, that's the guidance spirit wants you to listen to. That's exactly it. You are a gatherer of data and you process it through your feelings, thoughts and emotions. And after that, it's up to you to interpret. So a lot of the conflict or confusion is taking the appropriate action when you feel it. You already know what you need to do in regards to removing yourself from a family member that might not align with your highest good today. Does this mean forever? No. Again, it's temporary. To step back, let nature run its course, reassess, and then try again. We forget there is two aspects of the self, which is the logical and then the intuitive. Usually when you feel a grievance or a negative emotion, it doesn't mean you're going to detach from the person forever. It means the intuitive aspect of self would like to express itself and you're too focused on the situation so it can't reveal itself to you. So this is why we detach from toxic family members. It's not to hold a grudge or to hold a grievance or to not talk to them ever again. It's to allow spirit to move things around so it can bring harmony to your situation. So in regards to ending a family tie, only you know what is right for you. In your heart, you know what you are worthy of and you know what doesn't feel good to you. It is time to set boundaries against demands on your time and energy. Love yourself first, love yourself more, and then it will make this decision a lot easier for you. The second question from Roma Row 075. This is a topic that many beings have a misunderstanding about on Earth, and the topic from Roma Row 075 is... 
We don't own our children. They belong to God and only pass through us. It's our job to raise them and let them go. Yes, absolutely. Coming from the perspective of the five senses, we localize everything. You say, this is my body, these are my thoughts, this is my car, this is my house. It's all yours. The ego taking ownership of all things. And technically, it's not incorrect because this is the realm of ego. Earth is ego's playground, and this is ego's kingdom. So it does own everything. However, the ownership is a distortion because things are things. They're all temporary. So ego owns all the temporary, right? In regards to the physical vessel owning a child or perceiving it as yours, it's because it comes from you, to you, and through you. Just like your thoughts, we remind you often, you are the receiver of your thoughts. You're not the creator of them. Same goes for your children. You are the receiver of the child, not the creator of them. Now, did you create it by making love or engaging in the act that would bring a child? Absolutely, but you didn't bring the child here. God did. We are all God's children, bearing witness to ourselves. And since we are the God awakening, we keep sending ourselves here over and over again. So you think it's your child as the mother because you see yourself separate from Mother Father God in a physical vessel. But if you can come from the perspective that there is only one source here replicating itself over and over, you are the portal that which Mother Father God passes to and through. There's nothing I can say to give mothers a deeper understanding in regards to this topic because the love of a mother is fierce and cannot be interacted with. And I'm not qualified because I'm not a mom. I will never know what that feels like in this timeline to have a sense of ownership over the being that came to and through me. But I have a mother and I have siblings and I can see how that loving worry, we'll call it, from a mother never ends to be concerned or to watch over. Now, you might say that the mother has such a deep love for their child because they know they have been called to do God's work. And when you have this deep, unconditional love for the child, this is you honoring your assignment, you might say, from Mother Father God. To nurture, to help grow, to allow, to give the safe space to be. So in regards to raising them, we want to refine this title and say allowing them. It is never the parent's job or duty to implement their own identity on the child, as the child is more spiritually and advanced than is usually supposed. They come in with a full knowing, a complete and total connection to the realm of the imagination, which is what we are all trying to do as adults, to re-establish this realm of existence that is what we call the Garden of Eden, or to maintain the space where Mother Father God can meet you, which is the realm of mind. So yes, your children are not yours. 
they chose you, you chose them. You aligned with the vibration or the energetic signature that they needed in order to have the starting point that would allow them to be successful. We are all God's children, and the mother is the nurturer, supporter, caretaker of God's children. The mother represents God in physical form. Yes. The third question coming from Roma Rose 075. What is a narcissist from a metaphysical viewpoint? We will keep this very short and simple. A narcissist is the opposite of an empath. And an empath is a brother or sister who has a compassion or a love of self and others. So a narcissist is in the total illusion of being separate from all other beings. They have no sense of interconnectedness, no connectivity. They see themselves as separate, totally enchanted with the five senses in the vessel. So a narcissist is a brother or sister who is finding their way. And usually they are in a victimhood state of mind. Because they are in a space of blame, not taking accountability or ownership for their own actions. So in the most loving way, a narcissist is a brother or sister who doesn't know any better yet. Who hasn't came to the realization that we are one. And that whatever thought, feeling, or action we partake in will have a consequence for this. The next question comes from Free Spirits 7 and they ask how to keep the mind and thoughts focused on the faith and not all over the place. Let us first touch on the idea of faith. Archangel Mary, Queen Mary, Queen of Heaven, Queen of Miracles, Queen of Angels. Mother Mary reminds us that the future is only frightening without faith. So what is Mother Mary suggesting here? If the future is only frightening without faith, this must mean that faith is the knowingness of how the laws of the universe work. That your thoughts, feelings, and emotions create an imprint on the subconscious, and this is what your reality will become. So how to keep the mind and thoughts focused on faith Faith as the knowingness of how the universe works? It's to know that your thoughts become things. It's to know that your worry and concern is a request. It's to realize nothing happens to you, it happens in response of you. That no one is blessed or punished. The universe is responding to our most dominant thoughts, feelings, and emotions. So how do we keep our thoughts focused on faith? It's to stay mindful, to know that your thoughts are creating the experience as you go. And today, you have all had the evidence of your ability to manifest, either way. 
Whether you are manifesting what you prefer or not, you are doing it all. So how do we keep your thoughts focused on the faith? It's to know that your thoughts are creating your experience. Faith is not hope. You didn't say hope. Hope is to be in unawareness, not sure of how nature runs its course or how things unfold here. Faith is the absolute knowing that your vibration has to come before the manifestation. Faith is to know that your most dominant thought and feeling will soon manifest. This is why Mother Mary is Queen of Faith, and she holds us in her grace because she knows our divinity where we came from, that we create our experience as we go here. So if your thoughts are focused all over the place, we would absolutely suggest meditation or prayer to get a hold of your train of thought, to observe the thoughts more. And coming from the perspective that your thoughts will become things, you will be mindful now to be sure not to attach to thoughts or feelings that don't line up with what you're trying to manifest. Faith is the absolute knowingness that whatever we ask for, we receive. And sometimes on earth you don't realize you're asking because nobody taught us this way. Your feeling is your request because your feeling matches the image that you were just focused upon. You wouldn't have the feeling yet unless you have the image long enough. So the work is to hold the vision of your preferred reality or whatever you're trying to create. Hold it long enough till you start to match the feelings of it. And once you match the feeling of your image, it has to come. This is the law of the universe. So faith is to know that your thoughts become things. And how do you keep your thoughts focused on faith? Well, now you know. Now you know what you know. That if you keep your thoughts focused in another direction, this is what you're going to create. So this question lets us know that you're stepping into self-mastery. That you're ready to create your experience as you go. That you're ready to be a master creator. The final question comes from Jolene B. 98. And they ask, Any assistance in accessing the Akashic Records would be great. In a previous episode, we touched on the idea of the Akashic Records as I just received my first reading ever. And coming from the perspective of your brother, this identity or this body, I don't feel qualified to answer because I'm not sure if that's what I'm doing when I tune into ACL. So before we answer the question, I do want to mention I received my Akashic Records reading from Celestial Priestess on Etsy. And for those of you interested, that donation is $11.11, and she will email your reading to you within three days. So again, that is Celestial Priestess on Etsy.
in regards to accessing the Akashic Records, there's really not a duty or a task to do this, meaning that you are the one presence here connected to all aspects of Source. Today, there are refined humanoids being born on your Earth that have this established connection. You are these refined humanoids. There's really not uh, steps to take in regards to accessing the records. However, there would be steps to stop referring to the memory of the personality identity. Everyone will connect with this information differently in regards to the Akashic being the memory board of all events, past, present, and future in all timelines, not just on Earth. So it will be a different experience for each of you realizing you're already connected to this broadcast or stream of consciousness. We would suggest meditation, more so a guided meditation that helps you map out the mind. Any 12-dimensional meditations will absolutely give you the steps needed to access this info. From where we are, you might say the Akashic Records resides in the 13th dimension, which you are not familiar with today. From where you are, it's the non-existent, the invisible. So everyone would connect differently, but one of the common steps that a being can take to access this transmission of the Akashic would be to put yourself in a meditative or trance-like state by repetition to repetitively soothe yourself into the knowing of your non-physical self. To trust what you receive more is a great way. To observe the thoughts is a great way because you are the watcher now and the information will stream to and through those that are watching with no attachment. It needs to be left alone, you might say. No manipulation or interaction is needed of you as a physical being except to watch and allow it come to and through you. So how to access the Akashic Records? The specific is up to you. This is your journey. But we can give you the tools. And one of the main tools is meditation. We want you to be in a meditative state to be able to quiet your inner dialogue at will. To command all thoughts be still whenever you choose it. So coming from this perspective, me as your brother, I never feel so qualified speaking about Akashic because in my personal life I know there are still things that I'm working on in order to discipline my thoughts, feelings, and emotions even better and I have this belief that in order to connect with the Akashic you need to be extremely disciplined and I do very okay today. I'm practicing, trying my best but I have a very high standard for myself you might say. I am holding myself to a very high expectation when it comes to the Akashic and I'm still working on detaching from things in the physical realm that would not make me feel like I need anything outside of me to reach a specific level of consciousness so this is what I feel like saying this is only my belief so please use your discernment if a being is going to try to access the Akashic records 
Let them be mindful not to have any attachment to the physical realm that will pull them back into density once you realize how high you've gotten, you might say. Sort of like a little child riding a bicycle without training wheels for the first time and then realizing the training wheels are gone. So if you can bring a meditative state to self or a trance state to self, this soothes the nervous system and the nervous system connected to the breath is the bridge to the Akashic. Your breath is a bridge to source. And as you inhale, exhale, you are able to ask for information and then receive it. It's a give and take process. So in order to access Akashic Records, yes, meditation is great because it will lead you to be a fully integrated being, disciplined in your thoughts, feelings, and emotions, able to observe the data that passes to and through you without any attachment. Yes. As we come to the end of the episode, I do feel guided to share some final thoughts. I pray that all who hear these words find themselves in a place of peace and satisfaction to be satisfied with your life today. We never reach an end point or a moment of finished. There is no finish line. It is a continuation, a forever expansion. I am very grateful to be connected with such beings that understand my language today. As I am learning what I am, we are together learning what we are. I definitely don't know what's going on in regards to the five senses it's beyond my comprehension but the shifts that I'm experiencing today are in alignment with what I have known my whole life and it is a very emotional experience to the five senses but as I stay tuned into that loving presence I can sort of detach from any lower pain body sensations I have been crying this whole week without tears, you might say. So I am grateful for each of you for allowing me to express myself to and through you as we are discovering what we are. And only through you have I discovered more of what I am. And I am you. I am very excited and eager to continue this journey and interact with OCL in a way that continues our expansion and development for the highest good of all. But I am experiencing it with you as we go. So I really don't know what to expect. I'm not sure what I am. I don't know what you are. But in my heart, I do. In my heart, I know there is only source, that I am playing all parts. And I came to a realm of existence called Earth to explain to my brothers and sisters here the philosophies and concepts of where I come from. 
where I come from is very similar to Earth. We have animal life like you, water life like you. The whales and dolphins come from our star system, you might say. So as we go further down this journey of self-discovery, I will call upon the collective consciousness of the blue whale to help lead us the rest of the path. I send you all love. I hope you feel good. Call upon your guides, your angelic helpers, and your loved ones. Call upon the I Am Presence. And then watch what happens. <laughs>